0: Playoffs. Player. Turn up. Player. Cinco, cuatro, tres, dos, uno.
1: Welcome to another edition of the Cool Zone Pod featuring yours truly, Nick Brown, alongside my usual co host, John Sullivan. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at the Cool Zone Pod. Slide in those DMs. Let us know what you want to hear. Also, be sure to follow our friends over at Fixed Into Talk Sports, namely Ryan Brown, putting out podcasts every week. Kids have been firing out podcasts lately about anything and everything across the entire world of sports. And also, be sure to follow our. Our wonderful, beautiful friends at Foxborough Files who just made their resurgence after, what, months now? Several months, right?
0: Uh, like two and a half months.
1: That sounds about right. But they're back. They took some shots at us. It is what it is. We had to, we, we did what we had to do to get these guys back on the air. But um, we're back in studio. It's a Wednesday. Late Wednesday, April 7th, it's been a little while since we last recorded when the Celtics played the Pelicans, so that's where we're pretty much picking off, but let's start with what was fresh, and let's go right into the Celtics, because honestly, there's not too too much else to talk about, so let's start with that. Celtics just beat the New York Knicks tonight, 101-99, to should have been 96, or honestly really 93, but... Romeo Langford decided he didn't feel like playing defense at the very end of the game. Uh, but let's talk about how the game went. Uh, Jalen Brown, team high, 32 points. He was the tone setter for the Celtics in this game tonight. Uh, Jason Tatum played the most minutes. He played about almost 42 minutes of this game. So it looks like COVID is in his back uh, in the rearview mirror for him. Uh, 25 points for Tatum. 10 rebounds. Also 10 rebounds for Jalen Brown. Also 10 rebounds for... For Robert Williams, so Big Bob doing his usual big work on the glass. We love Big Bob. Uh, unfortunately, we're you know we're big plus minus guys here in the cool zone. Robert Williams not the best day uh, in the plus minus box score, but if you know us well, a negative in the box score means nothing. It, it only means anything when it's a positive. So we're gonna wipe this one out. And we're going to erase it from our memory. It didn't happen. But nonetheless, not the biggest game. Not what we're familiar to seeing with Robert Williams in this one. But most of that probably due to the return of Tristan Thompson. He has finally returned from the dead. Uh, returning pretty much alongside Romeo Langford, who returned a couple games ago uh, from the dead as well. Prison so
0: on Easter Literally
1: Sunday, on Easter Sunday. Like the messiah. On the third day, <laughs> Romeo Langford rose from the dead. Uh, that's what they're going to be teaching in Catholic school now. Not it ain't Jesus Christ. That guy's lame. Uh, Romeo Langford is our savior. So uh, this game, Romeo Langford was not the Celtic savior. Two of five from the field. He had that nice step back three pointer earlier on. Six rebounds is always nice from him, but uh, the minus sixteen, the plus minus, we're wiping that one from the memory too. Uh, 17 points for Marcus Smart, didn't shoot the ball extremely well. 50% from the three-point land, though, that's pretty good. Perfect from the free throw line, so those splits at least look somewhat nice. And the nine assists from Marcus Smart with no Kemba Walker on the second leg of a back-to-back is also pretty friggin' sweet. We did we've done a lot of plus-minus talk. Plus 24 for Tristan Thompson. That is an encouraging sight. He's that inside rim-protecting presence that they need in addition to Time Lord. 8 rebounds also for Tristan Thompson. Uh, a pretty uneventful game from Lil Mike, a.k.a. Grant Curry, a.k.a. Grant Williams. 25 minutes, 3 shots, nothing to show for it. Second um, best
0: plus minus on the team though.
1: This is true. He's a big plus minus guy. Uh, and then, pretty much outside of that, minimal to no contributions from Peyton Pritchard and Semi Ojale in about six, thirteen to 16 minutes. So, Thoughts on this game, what's fresh in your mind, takeaways, all that good stuff. What would you think, Jonathan?
0: Well, it was a good win. The Knicks, uh, people think that the Knicks blow because they have for so long, but the Knicks are a sneaky, not like a horrible team this year. They're right next to the Celtics in the standings, so it's always a big game when you're playing someone in the standings to get a little ground on them, get a game in hand. So it was a nice win. No Kemba. Because he's got a degenerate knee and he can't play on back-to-backs. No Fournier because he just happened to, I guess, catch COVID. Yeah, we gotta talk about, we're going to definitely talk about that, too. Um, so you were shorthanded. Coming off the second night of a back-to-back, after a bad loss to Philly, which we'll also probably get to, it was, it was a prime spot for a letdown. They almost did, but they hung on and won. So for that, I have to give them credit. Brown was really good. Tatum... Uh, the box score was good. Uh, People don't think I can criticize Tatum, but Tatum's ball handling was horrific tonight. He had eight turnovers. I'm just gonna go out on a limb and say that's a career high for him because I can't imagine he was ever handling the ball one enough to like have eight turnovers before. And two, just that's an absurdly high. That's like Russell Westbrook, Luka Doncic. I was gonna say
1: Luka Doncic. Yeah. Um, So yeah,
0: his ball handling needs to get better, but. 25, 10, and 5 for him, and 32, 10, and 3 for Jalen Brown. So that's a combined um, 57, 20, and 8. I don't know how you can really ask for much more out of your big two. You know,
1: some Celtics fans will say he's still not doing enough.
0: No. Well, yeah. Some Celtics fans think that he has to average like 40, 20, and 20. But I was encouraged by it. Mm Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, I, I was getting a little worried about Jalen Brown. He, he was putting up some clunkers um, the last couple games.
1: His shooting percentage has been way down lately. Yeah,
0: he was awful tonight from the free throw line, 3 of 7. But other than that, he was, he was good. He was aggressive, strong. His the defense, energy was good tonight. His defense was fine. Yeah, the energy was impressive, especially on the second night. So, Brown and Tatum are the reason you won. Smart hit some big threes down the stretch, but... Your two best players were the reason you won tonight, and they should be the reason why you win all your games. All right,
1: so let's dive a little deeper into this one and look at what made this game turn out to be what it was. I mean, this game was just a dogfight. This was a greasy game for the most part. You know, we said the final score, 101-99. This game was like 44-37 to with like two or three minutes left. In the second quarter, so in the entire first half, they're about to go into the break with no no team scoring 50 points. That's some old school, like, late 2000s basketball, if I've ever seen it, um, where they just didn't score a lot of points and there was a lot of defense. Either that or just nobody could shoot for their lives back then. So, but the thing was, in this case, neither team could shoot. The Knicks couldn't buy a layup for their life, uh, but they shot the three very well. You almost wonder if they should have taken more. Shot 49% from three-point land. Celtics were 38. And each team shooting about 42% from the field. Uh, What really, I think, put the Celtics over the edge in this one was when we talk about their assist numbers a lot. You know, they need to get over 20 assists to be in contention to win a game. (coughs) Uh, Over 25 is better Um, they're very good team when they get 25 plus assists, only 22 in this game. Knicks also had 22, but, um, honestly it was enough to get the job done. The turnovers are getting a little scary. Uh, I'm glad you brought up Tatum's turnovers. Tatum pretty much accounting for almost half the Celtics turnovers, but they have been, they've been turning the ball over a lot lately. Uh, and it's mainly been a lot of errant passing. Um, so they need to figure that out. But the rebounding was very encouraging in this game. 53 rebounds. They out rebounded the Knicks by 14 in the offensive rebounding. 16 offensive rebounds. I believe their second chance points they had 20. That's that's very good. And 14 fast break points. All good signs going forward. Um tough game out there for Julius Randle. I mean, he's always a guy who's gonna hook up a ton of shots, but
0: um RJ Barrett was excellent.
1: I mean, per usual. Um, he's been great lately. Um twenty nine points.
0: Six is six from 3 Mm-hmm.
1: It's good stuff. The Knicks play like you said, Knicks are a very slept on team. They hold a seventh spot, they might not have it anymore after this game, but um There's they're still a very slept on team, I think, going forward. Derek Rose Nice contributions, 11 points. So, um, definitely don't don't take the Knicks out of consideration um, going forward uh, for the rest of the season. But with that in the books, let's start backtracking a little bit. Let's go all the way back to the first game after New Orleans where the Celtics took on Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. Uh, this was not a very good game for the Celtics. They, uh, they lost by 5, 113-108. Uh, uh, another... Pretty poor shooting effort, specifically from three point land. Uh twenty three point four percent for the Celtics in this game. That is doo doo. And whereas they didn't turn the ball over in this game as much, they did in some of the games to follow. Nine turnovers, but I mean the Mavericks had sixteen. And you still lose. That's not a good sign. Only twenty assists for the Celtics. That's pretty much in the bare minimum. So they would have had to been playing some lights out ball and they didn't they shot so poorly from three for a team like the celtics that tends to jack up lots of threes you got to be a lot more efficient from there only 36 rebounds it just felt like they were in the game like in the box score but like when you take a deeper look into it they it was out of reach thoughts on this game
0: yeah i mean if you scroll back up I mean, people can't see it, but the stat that sticks out to me is—I think you nailed that—you nailed it on the head. The only a five-point loss it doesn't look like that. You would think the game was like close the whole time, but if you look on the right side in the corner, lead change is zero, tied times tied one, which is just zero zero. That was a wire-to-wire win for Dallas. So that's just embarrassing. I mean, straight from the jump, they had you and you, had to, you were trying to claw your way back out of it for the whole game, and you just couldn't do it because you dug yourself such a hole. And they all scored by 14 points in the second quarter, and I'd like to look at the second quarter going forward because I've, I've been sensing this theme with the Celtics that, you know, especially Tatum, people say that Tatum's a slow starter. A lot of times you'll see him go, like, 0 of 3 or 2 of 6 in the first quarter or second quarter or whatever. Um... But the Celtics second quarter, I'd like to look at their box scores going forward because they were outscored by fourteen, and that's that's why they lost. Their second quarter performance against Dallas is why they lost. They're outscored in the second quarter against the Knicks tonight too. So they got to start winning some second quarters because you know you got to play four quarters. You can't play three quarters. You can't play two quarters. You got to play four quarters. Mm -hmm.
1: So the thing I think that. Uh, sticks out the most, at least in the box score. And it's something we have to look at going forward. We mentioned Evan Fournier's name earlier on. Fournier played 30 minutes in this game against Dallas. And he was coming off an absolutely piss-poor performance against New Orleans, where he scored a whopping zero points. Six points against the Mavericks here Uh, on only six shots. So you bring in this guy playing big minutes off the bench expect big points off the bench uh in the first two games not great um um, so look give the guy a little benefit of the doubt going forward and the next game against the rockets is where he really uh he he really kind of got into a groove and it was a good great time for the rockets game to come around by the way uh other things in this game i mean brown tatum 24 25 points Pretty good shooting from them. Um, it just came down to Celtics took a lot of threes and didn't hit a lot of threes, and it, it did them in in this one. So let's talk about that Rockets game. Um, I mean, this was this was a like a, a smacking for the most part.
0: The Rockets are the worst team in basketball.
1: They they are headed for a top three, possibly a top one or two pick in the draft. Um, so Celtics fans were. Really hoping for a bounce-back game here. And they got it. 35 assists in this game. I mean... Season high. The ball was moving around in this game. Um, And I'm sure it had lots of Celtics fans saying, why can't they do this every night? 13 turnovers. Eh. Okay. Okay. But the rebounding was great, and the, the, the field goal percentages were great. So this was an all-around great game for the Celtics. You want to talk about these second quarters. Look at this second quarter number awful. here. Awful. 19 points. They dropped 30-plus points in every other quarter. Only 19 the second. That's not a great theme.
0: Yeah, that's awful.
1: So let's uh, do an even deeper look. I mean, you had 22 from Brown, 26 from Tatum, 20 from Big Bob. 23 from Fournier. Kemba gave you 11 on a short amount of shots, which is honestly probably for the better. Um, smart, 10 assists. That's what you want to see. Big Bob. This was a big game for Big Bob.
0: Career high in points and assists for Big Bob.
1: Nine boards, eight assists. Um, almost had a triple-double. Stealing two blocks, yeah. Um, this, this was a game that made me very happy being very high on Big Bob as of late. The Knicks game tonight kind of... Broke my heart a little bit, but um, let's talk about a guy, Luke Cornett, and it'll be a lot more apparent, so I I suppose we can kind of actually pivot to the, well, we got to go a little farther ahead. Let's go to the the Philly game just real quick, Um, because no Tristan Thompson against Philly. He just came back tonight against the Knicks, so Luke Cornett was asked to come in off the bench, play about 15 and a half minutes, and guard Joel
0: Embiid he got abused by Joel Embiid <laughs>
1: like I mean, the first play he got that it.
0: was tough like it was yeah he came in uh Williams picked up a foul he came in and after the first free throw and the second free throw was actually a miss by whoever it was probably Ben Simmons because he blows up shooting free throws and Cornet just got literally just bodied by Embiid and the rebound actually went off Cornet, and it was Philly's ball uh they got, like, a de facto offensive rebound off the missed free throw. Because Cornette just, you know, he's a nice shooter. He, he's he been a dead-eye for the Celtics from three. So, he, I think he has a role on the team in, like, limited minutes. You need a little offense. Um,
1: I think it's very matchup-based.
0: But, yeah, he can't, he, I don't think anyone expected him to play defense. And, uh. Let's just say he didn't surprise anyone with his defense on a potential MVP frontrunner in Joel Embiid.
1: And I think I told you this. Um, I think I told you this when we were watching the game together. But uh, it reminded me of that the play of Shaq and Mike Dunleavy, where he backs him down in the post and just dunks over him and pushes him to the ground. And Dunleavy gets up and throws the ball at Shaq as he's running up the court. I mean, just absolutely a brute showing of strength by Embiid, but like I said, cornette has been a good three-point shooter for him. Was two or three in this game, so I mean, that's a guy. And there was a, a specific stretch in this game where Kemba was running the pick and roll, and Embiid just gave no respect to Cornet, wide open at three-point line, and he was able to hit a three. And they should have. They came back down. They did the pick and roll again. Kemba didn't give him the pass this time, and B might have been creeping. But um, I think a lot of teams are going to focus in on Brown and Tatum and maybe even Kemba. Like, Cornette can sneak around, mess around, and offer some good scoring off the bench. Uh, it's just going to be, like I said, very matchup-based because his defense is just
0: Yeah, he, poor. he strikes me as a guy that I would like to think because he's definitely offensive oriented. Mm-hmm. Like, in in ideal world, I feel like you're up like seven or eight in like the third quarter. You know, the game can go either way. Whatever team makes the run, you either will have a blowout or the the losing team will come back and make it a game going in the fourth. And you put him in for like four or five minutes in the third quarter, and he hits a couple threes, and you extend your lead from like eight to like fifteen. Because when you're up 8, you can afford to take a a few chances. Like, you wouldn't play him if the game was tied or something like that. But he's, like, a type of guy you bring in that can hopefully, because he's so offensive, he's offensively gifted, especially shooting the ball, at least so far. Like, he just, he looks like a dead eye. For the Celtics,
1: dude, I can't believe you just used the two words "offensively gifted" to well, describe Luke dudes, Cornett. That's like I feel like that's disrespecting every like great offensive player in the league. like I mean, Devin mean, he's Booker.
0: like seven two, and he's he's <laughs> he's been pure from three. So, like, I, he's a he's a dead eye. Um, but like, he I wouldn't bring him in, in a tie game or a close game. He's a guy that, like, I wouldn't call him, like, he's not, like, the level, like, Aaron Eastman, like, you bring him in when the game's over. He's, like, a guy where you bring in and you hope that he helps you extend the lead, but he's got a very short leash, if he comes in.
1: Agreed. Um, so, let's let's continue talking about this game a little bit before we go circle back to Charlotte. This was the game where Romeo Langford rose from the dead on the third day on Easter. Um, uh, he put in fourteen minutes. We knew he was probably gonna no, play. No, this
0: is this is um. This is Philly. Yeah. He f- started against Charlotte. Oh, did he? First game. Wow!
1: I can't believe I didn't remember that. Well, aside from that, Tuftstein, our boy, logged fourteen minutes, one of three from the field. Nothing very eventful, but I mean, this is a guy we've been clamoring to see for so long. Glassman finally puts himself together. Uh,
0: every time he falls, I think he's gonna be hurt.
1: I mean, we felt the same way with Kemba too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, Langford's a the guy they definitely need to give them quality minutes off the bench. Listen, I am so sick of seeing guys like Grant Williams, and Semi Ojeley, Carson Edwards, Tremont Waters, like getting minutes. I'm so sick of these guys. And you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna trigger. Uh, I'm gonna trigger our, our favorite segment of the week, and start talking about Aaron Niesmith. So I mean um, my guy. Our guy. This guy. I I honestly I feel very snip snap snip snap on whether I even want him to get in the game anymore or not. But before we even get to that, let's let's obviously kick off our Aaron Neesmith Box Score Review of the Week. We're back. <laughs> so it's been a while since we've been able to do one of these, but we figure we got five games in the board. Let's take a look. Uh go all the way back to the uh, Dallas Mavericks game. Aaron e. Smith logs 4 minutes against the Mavericks. That's that's pretty outstanding, quite honestly. Oh for one. One board. Minus 4.
0: Thoughts. Next.
1: All right,y then. <laughs> Moving on to Houston. Aaron e. Smith. 3 minutes 50 seconds. One of two. Minus five.
0: I mean, he's just the worst team in basketball. And he he played... Let me tell you who he played with, okay? Uh, He played the same amount of time as uh, stud NBA players Carson Edwards, Maurice Wagner, and Taco Fall. Uh, He was outplayed by Tremont Waters uh, by a little bit more than half a minute. I mean, 30 seconds. So... Yeah, Aaron e. Smith is, um, Aaron e. Smith and Taco Fall, They're, they have the same job for the most part. They play mop-up.
1: That's a tough realization. And with that being yeah, said.
0: Can't trade that pick, though.
1: <laughs> On to Charlotte. Aaron E. Smith, 12 minutes. Little uptick. We'd like to see that. 0-3. Six rebounds, though. That's big time.
0: I can do a per-36 really quick. That's 18 rebounds per-36.
1: Wow. <laughs> that has to put him in the top of the league.
0: That has Andre Drummond numbers.
1: <laughs> I mean, this is
0: what we've been saying from the beginning. Best rebounder in the draft. Imagine. This per-36 for this game was 18 rebounds, no points, no assists. Just 18 <laughs> rebounds per-36.
1: Can you imagine like going down to your local gym, or wh- wherever the nearest basketball courts are, to your your home, your place of living, and you go play basketball for twelve minutes, like not not twelve minutes time, like twelve game minutes, and you only shoot the ball three times? How boring must that be? Like at what point if you're going playing pickup? And you play 12 minutes. And you take three shots. You either know you're awful. And have confidence issues. Or like you're leaving that pickup game.
0: Let me tell you this about Aaron Eastman
1: Okay, I'm listening.
0: Um, so he was playing a good amount of minutes. Up until that first Dallas loss. When Luka hit that three in his mug. And he's basically been tethered to the bench since um Neathmas was trending up his his 3 point percentage was up to like 36% mm-hmm. and i was thinking to myself as a no ne guy i was like wow you know if he shoots like if he starts hitting a couple threes here he's going to get around like 40% and then people are like he's actually going to be shooting like a, a good percentage because that's what he was drafted he's the best shooter in the draft He's gone the complete opposite direction. He is now shooting 31% from three for the year. Which is just horrific. But I'll have you know, he did shoot 33% in his only full season of college basketball, which was his freshman year.
1: Can't forget that. So,
0: you have a full season of college basketball where he shot 33%. You're now at whatever 60 games of an nba season and he's shooting 31 percent and he had 10 games where he shot 52 percent from three his sophomore year before he got hurt so a 30 game sample size where he shoots 33 percent a 60 game sample size where he shoots 31 percent and a 10 game sample size where he shot 52 percent which one do you think is the reality that is aaron Nismith?
1: That's a that's a scary like, a scary story. Thinking about, I mean, like the guy deceived the scouts. he, he deceived Danny.
0: Uh yeah, and Sadiq Bay, uh, just became the the third youngest or fourth youngest, uh, the fourth rookie or something, the fourth fastest rookie. In NBA history, to hit, like, 83s or something like that? Oh, yeah. Or 103s, something like that? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. So.
1: Missed the mark, Nice I think. pick,
0: Danny. Nice pick, Danny.
1: I think it's a testament just to the fact that when people were getting ready for the draft, I don't think Aaron Neesmith was a guy I'd anybody even knew. I had
0: never heard of Aaron Neesmith before <laughs> the draft.
1: Literally never. Ever. Ever. So, I'm I'm surprised that E.V. Ewing was getting looks so high. Uh, a question if the Celtics hadn't taken Aaron Neeson before they did how much farther do you think he would have dropped
0: I mean he was the best The according to like what it, whoever it was like Jay Billis' big board he was number one at the time so I don't think he would have fallen much further but
1: in a um, redraft
0: in, in a redraft uh, I'll tell you this I sent you this a little uh, a few weeks ago It was a redraft, I think, on Bleacher Report, if you you can remember it. Yeah. And they had Neesmith going 27th. Yeah. I would have a feeling since then, that was about three weeks ago, he's barely played since then. His shooting has dropped off even worse since then. I would imagine that if you were redrafted, he's at least now into the second round.
1: Yeah. Early second round. That's not good. Lottery pick. Lottery pick best rebounder in the draft
0: can't trade the pick for help you need the young guys
1: Are you kidding me you trade picks you fucking you're awful dude worst gm in the league um uh, next philly aaron eastman under two minutes one of two this is okay this is what i don't understand he's on the court for two minutes of garbage time and he, he takes two shots and is it was it even really garbage time i mean this was a what it was a 10 point loss so maybe it was
0: Yes, it was It was literally... Like the very the, end. Yeah, they were down like 10. And yeah, he came in. That 143 he <sighs> played was the... He came in at what would have been... Yeah, he came in with 143 to go in this fourth quarter.
1: Like, I get it, but literally he takes two shots in less than two minutes. And in 12 minutes, takes three shots. Like, get yourself open and shoot the damn ball. Do what you were drafted for. Frustrating. Just want the young man to succeed. One of two from the field, 50%. Didn't even take a three. It was a freaking layup or something.
0: Yeah, he he had a, a miss layup and um, made like a little floater.
1: Yeah. No other stats, plus five.
0: Tied for second highest on the team.
1: That's encouraging. Next, New York tonight. And uh, my eyes are not deceiving me. Tough. That's a coach's... DNP coach's decision?
0: Damn it! Tough, tough, tough. Another DNP coach's decision for you. Young Aaron e. Smith. Oh! I need a minute. I mean, he's just... Look at the players he's clumped into. This is the type of player he is. The other players that were DMP. Three Carson Edwards, Taco Fall, Luke Cornett, Maurice Wagner, and Tremont Waters. In addition to Aaron Neesmith. Tell me, of these players, Carson Edwards, Taco Fall, Luke Cornett, Maurice Wagner, and Tremont Waters, how many of them belong, first off, on an NBA roster? Maybe Cornett and Wagner a little bit? And then, above all, <laughs> do they have any upside? Cornette has a little bit of upside, as we've said before. The rest of them, complete shitters.
1: Well, I think Cornette and, and Wagner have value just based off their, their height. Their ability to shoot from deep and their height. That's, that's literally it. That's just the league that it is now. So, like, back in the day, they probably wouldn't have any fucking value at all. But they have value in this league. And not a great amount, just some. To be like back end rotation players, I don't think Cornette has upside. I don't think he. he I think he is what it is. He's not like. I he's mean, he's
0: shooting. He's shooting pick That's what he is. Yeah,
1: I don't, but upside is like potential.
0: Yeah,
1: none. None. He's um, peaked. But yeah, uh, to answer your question, I mean, these are all shitters. These are all guys that suck. Yep. So, I I don't know. Do you think there's a chance that Danny Ainge might have picked the wrong guy? I mean, that can't possibly be true, right? I mean,
0: we know he just needs time. We know that people called us, me, you, ridiculous for writing this guy off after just watching him in about three games. I wrote him off. Personally, I wrote him off uh, when they had their first preseason game and they played the whole first half and, like, everyone played on the bench. Except for Aaron e. Smith. And then he came in and he, like, missed his first three shots. And I said, oh, my God. This guy can't play. Because you either have it or you don't. Bro,
1: it's amazing the realization in the preseason that you have and how true it has come over the course of the season, unfortunately. But, like, damn. Damn, damn, damn.
0: I mean, it's just, you can just see it. Like, he just, he just... He didn't have it, and he just doesn't have it.
1: I feel like this is going to be a reoccurring theme. It's going to be like every first game of the year or every first preseason game, which whatever we choose, uh, and it's going to be, is this the year he has it, and it's just going to be like the next year, the next uh, year. It's like the end Keel Harry.
0: It's, he's, he is, he's James Young. He's James Young. That's what he is. He's James Young. It's going to be like, oh, this guy, like, I'm telling you, he's going to break out. He's a good shooter. I think he's. this is the year. He's looking good in the gym. I mean, I hope I'm wrong, but...
1: We have to move on. I'm I mean, triggered. You just said James Young. There's where? no way Aaron Eastwood can be James Young, bro. No way. I don't believe it. Okay. But anywho... Um, one thing I wanted to talk about, um, we're, we're done with that segment. I can't take this anymore. I, I can't bear to watch my man's not get his minutes. Uh, Marcus Smart. I saw a lot of chatter after the game tonight about, oh, all the people who said Marcus Smart and you can't shoot at the end of games, man. Like, oh, uh, people who hate Marcus Smart, you fools. Like, he hit 1-3 towards the end of the game, and apparently that just absolves him of all the other bad plays he's made over the course of the season at the end of games. Uh, as a known Marcus Smart uh, truther, I just wanted to get your take on some of that chatter.
0: Well, thank you for calling me Marcus Smart truther. I would hope that I could lump you yourself in on the Marcus Smart truther camp as well.
1: Well, yeah, I just had to preface this as I was asking you the question. I know
0: loyal listener Gary Brown is also a Marcus Smart truther, mm. uh, judging by some of his tweets.
1: Shout out, Gary.
0: They, the game against Dallas uh, last week, Marcus Smart, for all the winning plays he made, he had the single dumbest play I've ever seen in oh, basketball. We, we have when, to talk about when that. When he had, it was the jump ball at yep. center court, and he got it. Well, it's set
1: the just, stage. I yes. mean, so was, 0.3 seconds on the shot yes. clock.
0: All you have to do, Dallas is intentionally losing the tip. Mm-hmm. Because if they win the tip, the shot clock will just expire. Um, and the cells will just get it out of bounds. And they're just, they just coasted the possession. They just said, whatever, this is a lost possession. The cells can get the ball. And we're going to just set on defense. Pritchard is the jump guy. He tips it back to Marcus Smart, who, like, palms the ball with his right hand and just hucks it over the backboard from half court. Like, as in, I didn't have possession, so the shot clock expired. But, buddy, when you literally grip the ball and throw it, you have possession of the ball. And, of course... Dallas is, like, celebrating. I, I can't believe what I just saw. This was at, actually at a point where the Celtics were down, like, 12 Um, at half or something. And they had cut it to, like, four. And there was, like, seven or six minutes left in the third quarter. And he did this. And, oh, my God. And, of course, Dallas came back the next possession, hit a three. Celtics got the ball, went down the next possession, smart, hucked a three, and bricked. Dallas came back down and got a layup, and the lead went from 4 to 9 in about a minute.
1: I was honestly laughing my ass off. I thought it was so funny.
0: It's funny, like, in my mind, but for the sake of the game, it's like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, I the only thing I can compare it to is, like, it's just complete, utter awareness a lack of awareness. It's like when an outfielder catches a pop fly with a runner on third and one out, and then they throw it into the stands because they think <laughs> the inning's over. Like that's that's like what I would. Ah,
1: uh, that might be a bit extreme, given the, the 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 difference in possession. You know what I mean? Like I mean,
0: you know. I guess. But first off, I don't even understand. Pritchard <laughs> won the jump ball. Even if the shot clock was going to expire, why do you, why don't you just hold on to the ball and you have possession? What was the point of even hucking it in the first place?
1: Well, I mean, it's I that sounds like a kind of a stupid question. I mean, it, he clearly thought he needed to get a shot off in .3 seconds, so that's why he it, that was a shot. You know that right? He was trying to shoot the ball.
0: Yeah, I know he was trying to shoot the ball. So I mean, so he thought that the Celtics had had .3 on the shot
1: clock. Correct. He saw .3 on the shot clock, and he was like, ah, shit, like, I gotta get this up. It was just... embarrassing.
0: I mean, it's a lapse of
1: judgment. I mean, think of... Think of the the Tom Brady 4 down. I'll tell you
0: this. I'll tell you this. The lapse in judgment, fine. Then, for them to come down and hit a 3. Then, for you to take the next decision and huck up a brick... And then for them to come down and score a layup on the next position, that's just a tough stretch for the Marcus Smart stands there. And, Marcus Smart, you have seen this. I've seen this. The dude, he hasn't been doing it as much in the last couple games, I will admit. But last week and the week before, the dude's flopping was out of control. So let's I'm talk about control.
1: let's talk about that. So the one thing actually we we can do a little reporting on as far as the league goes is that there are two rules, and you're gonna have to remind me of the first one, but the second one is I don't know the first one that they are going to, um, and I've I've complained about this on the pod before when defenders lean into contact uh, after a pump fake to draw a foul, they are looking into possibly eliminating rewarding that. Uh, With a foul call. And I think that's fantastic. Because I hate it. Um, So we talk about Marcus Smart doing that a lot. Uh, Honestly, I would love for this rule to pass. Because then we wouldn't have Marcus Smart trying to do this all the time. And maybe guys would just play basketball to score. Instead of to draw fouls. So we we talked about this I think a little bit last week. With Tatum. Sometimes he tries to play foul calls instead of points. I mean that's a big problem. That's that's not the right mentality, and that's not a winning mentality either. Um, but in Marcus Smart, I mean, let's just, I mean, we're t- we're talking about him in general. Um, I I heard Scal talking on the broadcast when Marcus hit that shot at the end of the game. He was like, "You're gonna leave Marcus Smart wide open, no rotation," as if to say that like Marcus Smart is like a dead eye, like. Big-time threat from deep. Listen, he can sh- he can hit 3 pointer. There's no doubt about that. But so can every jabroni in the league at this point. Is he better than the league average? I don't know at this point. I don't know what his shooting percentage no, is this not. year.
0: No, he's not. Not even close.
1: I would like to see the number. I bet it's close to average. Um, I don't think so. Well, well, while you're on that, I'll, I'll ramble some more. Um, I... And I, this is how I preface this in the beginning of this conversation, but I don't think one play, one shot, absolves you from a lot of the bad plays that you've made towards the end of games. I understand though, and I have conceded this: if you are if Marcus Smart is left wide open at the end of basketball games you he's got to take the shot. I would rather have Marcus Smart wide open, taking a three, then Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown dribbling into contact in the short corner, taking fadeaway jumpers and whatnot. As good as they are and as much as they can hit them, okay, I understand. Tatum is a great off-balance shooter and Jalen Brown is coming into his own as having that ability as well. I want the open good look. How are you doing on those stats? Um.
0: So what would you say league average for threes? I believe it's like thirty seven percent. Like that's actually kind of high. For I, league I, average.
1: Yeah, I, like I I was thinking more closer to like thirty three to be honest, somewhere between um, thirty three and. I don't think so. I, I can
0: look up. Uh, NBA league average. Yeah, just direct. three point percentage.
1: Um, because I mean, I can I can find smarts for you while you look at the league. Um, I three
0: point per uh average three point percentage is thirty five percent.
1: Okay, so uh, I figured it was a little, um, a little, little closer to that clip.
0: Um, um that's per game, Marcus Smart is shooting thirty three percent from three.
1: Uh, I've got thirty four point seven here.
0: That's okay. So that's updated after tonight. Is uh, actually, well th-
1: so? this might be the wrong season. Also.
0: Oh yeah, that's last year.
1: Why does it okay? That's annoying. NBA.com, You suck.
0: He's shooting thirty three percent this season.
1: I mean that's pretty much average.
0: Yeah, I mean it's just it's just the horrible threes that he takes.
1: Right, right, right. It's the quality of the shots that he takes, and specifically in big moments towards the end of close games. The Celtics have played, I believe, some of the most clutch time. Yeah, they've been Like awful, games man. or like the most close games, like in the league. Yeah, they've been and they've horrible. been yeah horrible. And it's it's all has been surrounding around shot selection. And Smart is a big culprit of it. And so is Tatum. And it's all because they play to get fouls sometimes too much. Um but at least tonight, Smart hit his shot, it was wide open, he shot the ball to score, and the Celtics benefit from it. Um and I will give Smart a lot of credit. I mean, uh, he, the way he plays defensively is is fantastic. It's what you need. Um, and the nine assists, that's great. Four, nine assists versus four turnovers. Uh, well, I'm not reading that right at all. Uh, nine assists to two turnovers. Great. Good stuff. I, I, like, I, I love that stat line, especially with Kemba. Out.
0: He was good tonight.
1: Yeah, this was a good night. Now let's string it together because especially now when we talk about Evan Fournier who magically got covid somehow or allegedly got covid who knows it could be false I don't know uh, or he or he's asymptomatic it, regardless he's out of the lineup for the foreseeable future smart is going to have to continue to contribute uh and not only in the box score with points with assists with his defense <clears throat> but in the way that he gets his shots and the way that he gets everybody else their shots. Especially when he's in the game if Kemba isn't. You know, when he's taking on that facilitator role like he did tonight. And tonight he did great. Let's see it again and again and again. We need some consistency. It's something we talk about a lot with this team. Consistency. It hasn't been there. But in the past three games, or at least... For the most part, it's been there. Philly was a bit of an outlier, not great. Joel Embiid has been dicing the Celtics and everybody else in the league this year. I'll give him a bit of a pass, a bit of a pass on that game. But comparatively, for what we had seen earlier on in the year, they're playing better, but they're not there yet. But the good news is that they're starting to get some talent back. Like we talked, they got Tristan Thompson back. They got Romeo Langford back. Now, they just need to get Evan Fournier back.
0: They're so close to being fully healthy.
1: I mean, if you you put it this way. A fully healthy team, they're probably starting Kemba. They're probably starting Smart, Brown, Tatum, and probably...
0: I hope they start Big Bob. They should start Big Bob. Tristan Thompson, and they did. I think tonight. Tristan Thompson is so used to playing against um, centers that are starting quality. When he comes in tonight, like off the bench, he can he can feast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, playing against lesser competition. So and uh, that's I think just best news for the Celtics because Big Bob is your center of the future. So you want him to get experience against starting quality centers. And Tristan Thompson, you know what he is. He is what he is. Put him in against lower competition and have him cook.
1: I agree. So ideally, Kemba, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Big Bob. And then we go to the bench. We got Thompson, Langford, Fournier. Um,
0: Pritchard, I would say. I, I would, it has to be your backup point. guard. I right? would
1: say Pritchard too. So I mean, you got what? <coughs> um, what are we missing here? What do you think? Like who do you think well, there's like, one spot left?
0: Yeah, so you, you, you Pritchard's have your one. Pritchard, Fournier,
1: Thompson's Everett's your two. big man.
0: Thompson, and then
1: Langford. Uh, is, is, is the you're the probably three. looking for a four.
0: Langford is the three, and you either have Lil Mike, Grant Curry, or O'Jay. They or Wagner. who's ever got the hot hands, Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, I I I would probably lean Lil Mike, aka Grant. Williams.
0: I I would agree because he is bigger.
1: He shoots pretty well from three.
0: Yeah, he's bigger. Um, he can match up better. <sniffs> yep. Ojale has certain matchups where he's nice, but um. Yeah, on a For stopper. a very vague like generalization, I would. I got. I, would I hate
1: him. I think he's awful. Ojale. Yeah.
0: I would agree that I think that Lil Mike. Uh is better than Ojalee. But not. It, but and, I'm
1: telling you, it's it's not by much. They're like the same player. But
0: I think Brad, at least tonight, Brad saw that. I mean, Ojalee's come back from injury, but uh, Lil Mike almost doubled his minutes. So.
1: <laughs> I mean, ideally, I would even like to see them go a little small ball off the bench, right? And play Smith with him. Good luck. I mean, that won't happen. I know it won't happen. I'm just saying, a boy can dream. Um... I almost I like I almost like the prospects of Wagner more than Grant Williams and Ojale. Um Cornette is just tough because I, his minutes will er, will diminish, and they certainly did. They completely diminished tonight. He'll join Taco Fall for centers getting DNP coaches' decisions. Now that Thompson's back, I on uh, I really don't see an instance where a center not named Robert Williams or Tristan Thompson sees the court um, unless it's an absolute up. And I think that's how it should be. So, uh, I mean, they only went, I think they went actually 10 deep tonight. Or is it even 9, actually? It was 9. They didn't even go to a full second set of 5.
0: Yeah, so they went 9 deep.
1: But, yeah. obviously, Kemba would play Kemba normally. Kemba would
0: play and Fournier would play. And then but I think takes One of Semi or Grant, uh, both of them would probably have significantly less minutes. Smart, also 36 minutes. I, I don't think he plays. I think he's more of like a 27 to 29 minutes a, a game guy. Like a lower at full, 30 at when most. you're at full strength.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, but, yeah. So, I mean, the future is hopeful. As soon as you get some guys healthy.
0: Yep, I mean, you know, you gotta hold on to the hope, I guess. The team, people are definitely starting to give up, saying the team's a fraud, you know, they are what they are, they're gonna lose, when push comes to shove, they're gonna lose. They have talent, they just, they gotta start stringing it together. Mm-hmm. We're gonna look at the schedule before we head on out for the for the night. Um, they got... Minnesota, Minnesota Friday. They have to win that game. They just... They have to win. Minnesota is awful. They're one of the worst teams in the league. Because then they go at Denver, at Portland, at LA. Tough stretch. They're probably going 1-2. and two. Maybe even 0-3, honestly. That's a really tough... You gotta LA, beat the Lakers. You gotta beat the Lakers, yeah. I don't think... At Denver... At 3 o'clock on the Sunday, I've actually talked about this the time we had Billy on the pod. Yeah. That's an awful spot for them. Um, horrible, horrible spot. I don't think they can win that one. Especially their struggles they've had in matinee games this year, to begin with.
1: Yeah, that's a scary game on the schedule.
0: At Portland, I just, I don't know. Portland, they they have trouble winning on, they have trouble winning there. They've never, they don't win out there. Dame cooks them Dame will cook them again I don't see it Tatum and Carmelo Tatum's probably going to turn into Carmelo when they're playing out there (laughs) so yeah I mean I expect them to go two so now when you're going into the Golden State game a week from Saturday you're hopefully I have them at two and two Mm -hmm. so then you have some another tough stretch Um, and then some some shitters Towards the end of the month, yeah, they got to
1: take advantage. The, after Minnesota, they're grinding for the next two weeks, yeah, and then they get rewarded with a couple gimmies um, at the end of April. But you got this is where you really got to prove yourself down the stretch in the second half of the year, and you got to take some of these games. You know, you you got to prove that you can beat teams like Chicago, like Golden State take advantage of LA and destroy Minnesota they,
0: they've been awful against bad I've been against good competition this year they're like four and like 13 or something something or terrible like against teams like within their... they're defeated against the top four teams in each conference they haven't won one single game mm-hmm. so you have games coming up in the next two weeks against Denver what's the playoff team Portland was it the playoff team? <clears throat> Phoenix, which is an upshot Knicks-Suns, and Brooklyn. If you lose all four of those games...
1: Like, why are we even bothering like watching the season?
0: You are what you are. You're a middling team. Um, and that's what they've been so far. But they should finally be healthy, especially that Phoenix and Brooklyn schedule, which is just... That is a tough... the Scheduling gods... That is a tough and back to back. By the
1: time they get to Brooklyn, Harden might have healed from his hamstring yeah. injury. Harden might be back. Kyrie could still be here. Durant will have played more games, get the minutes going up. You might get that three headed dragon in, in Brooklyn. Yeah. And that's and that's on the second night of a back to back. So no Kemba. Yep. So <laughs> you gotta win
0: that Phoenix game, then that, that's all I'm
1: gonna say. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I think if the game the game flow calls for it. You got to go nuts. Go give it everything. And then just honestly play Nismith 48 minutes against Brooklyn. But yeah, um, they got some work to do. And I think the keys to success going forward. You got to move the ball around. Get your assist numbers up. You got to start to limit those turnovers. And honestly, you got to start to play Robert Williams more, I think. If there's anybody that needs more minutes, I think it's Robert Williams. He's shown you that he can be a big contributor on the boards, uh, facilitating even, and even just in point totals. So I think you got to give the guy some run. And the last thing more so, you got to get healthy. If this team can get everybody healthy at the same time, playing at a high level at the same time, with Kemba, with Smart, Tatum, Brown, Big Bob, uh, and Fournier. and then you get some contributions from TT. from Langford, um, and then from the rest of your shitters, Pritchard, and then the other shitters, I suppose. I mean, I don't think they they're out of contention in any of these games. Denver's gonna Denver's the scary game that I think they could get destroyed because of the fact of the Sunday matinee, but like Portland in Phoenix, like. I think you're in these games. It's just a matter of are you gonna show up and execute.
0: It would be nice for them to have a big game and, and surprise, because they just haven't done that at all. Yeah, they have They, they have. They lose.
1: And you gotta start. You gotta start changing that that track record at some point, otherwise you're doomed. So, with that being said, I think that's gonna do it for this week's edition of the Cool Zone. Uh, be sure to follow us over on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to hear. Follow our friends at Fixin' to Talk Sports with Ryan Brown and the Foxborough Files. Newly back. Who's back of the week? It's Foxborough Files. For now. For now, of course. New editor. That's what we hear. But for us here at The Cool Zone, uh, be sure to keep up with everything on our Twitter and be sure to be on the lookout for our new podcasts dropping pretty much every week. And with that in mind, uh, DS, it is time to play us out. See you guys next week.